Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And uh, this week, Jeremy and I will do our best not to get disavowed as we start our new franchise rewatch series on the Mission Impossible franchise as we cover Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible 2. But before we talk about Ethan Hunt and the IMF, uh, let's get into our new ritual where we talk about uh, movie or TV news. And Mm. ordinarily, Jeremy... I am the TV guy, but this week we have a movie topic. So, um, on our podcast outline, Jeremy, uh, you know, today's movie topic shows that we're going to discuss the Creed 3 trailer. Mm-hmm. However, that was actually just an elaborate ruse because <laughs> <laughs> actually today's what? actual movie topic for our Ritual 2.0, because I really just wanted to, I don't know, catch you off guard. <laughs> it, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so... Our Ritual 2.0 topic is going to be another movie topic, but it's actually centered around the official announcement that Man of Steel 2 is officially in development. And so my question to you is, Jeremy, would you who would you like to direct Man of Steel 2 and who would you like to see as the main villain or villains? Villain or oh. Dude, well, for one, because we talked about Deadpool 3 last time, mm-hmm. and <laughs> if you told me, it's like, oh, what are the chances that Wolverine would come back? Is it higher or lower than a Man of Steel 2 chances? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's higher than Man of Steel 2, but we're getting both of them. Um, so that's crazy. Um, and for it to be official, you know, they have the producer on and all that stuff looking for writers and stuff. I think it's pretty crazy. Um, your question though, you said director, oh, director. Ooh. and, I, um, and villain. villain or villains. Okay. Director. I would have said if it was like a couple of years ago, I would have said Matthew Vaughn. Okay. I would, my top pick though is Christopher McQuarrie. Ooh. Because okay. his chemistry with Henry Cavill in fallout, I feel like. And he has an eye, you know what I mean? It's for big budget, but also at the same time, he did the first Jack Reacher movie, so he, he could also go like some some lower, you know, more down to earth stuff too. Villains, though, oh man, I would. <laughs> I was gonna say the Lex Luthor, but I don't want Jesse Eisenberg again. <laughs> um, Actually, one of the ones that I was thinking of, just as a joke, since you mentioned Lex Luthor, uh-huh. I was like. Ah, Lex Luthor, but Michael Rosenbaum, Michael Lex Rosenbaum. Luthor. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, just a different multiverse. Yeah, dude. Uh, that you know, super villains are hard. I, maybe I would go like Brainiac, probably. Mm, okay. Um, I agree with yeah. you. I actually Brainiac was the one uh, villain that I wanted to see. If we're gonna have a main villain, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's just because. You know, I think we, I mean, last week on our Amsterdam uh, podcast, uh, for those of you who caught a recast or recasts, you know, we're going to release, you know, we're recording this on a Thursday and we're going to release more content from that episode. Jeremy was wearing his No Flights t-shirt, his Smallville t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I wanted to reference that because, you know, we're t- obviously talking about Men of Steel 2. One of my favorite villains was Milton Fine, aka Brainiac. Uh, yeah. 
James yeah. M- Marsters, I think. I looked that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he yeah, was James. so good. He was good. Yeah. See, like, I would have said Lex. I would have said Doomsday. <laughs> I would have said, I don't know, like, but then they used all They already used them all. Yeah, I know. Or even so, d- even Dark Side. Uh, yeah, or Dark Side. So you need somebody big enough to physically impose Superman. But because, like, I guess Lex has the brains, but then you would have to have someone also attached, I think. Um, yeah, it's super hard. And they did Zod already, which I think was good. Mm-hmm. I think Brainiac's a good villain to use because we haven't seen him on the big screen like this. Right. And it still ties back into Krypton and, mm-hmm. like, his heritage. I feel like that's something ingrained into Henry Cavill's Superman is how tied he is to Krypton. Right. So, Brainiac for me, but if it were up to me, I would be like, I want Christopher Nolan directing this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nolan, He's coming back. <laughs> I don't think he will, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I was when I was kind of like researching, I guess this topic a little bit. You know, people were tossing around James Gunn as a possibility mm-hmm. just for, from his work with uh, with John with John Cena. What P and V? You mean yeah. Peacemaker and and Oh shoot, what was V? <laughs> uh, vigilante. Vigilante. Yeah, oh, shoot, I forgot. <laughs> I only remember the joke. Uh, but that would be pretty fun. Um, like any one of those directors with Brainiac, uh, I think Bizarro would be another interesting one. Um, I think those are the ones that really caught my eye, especially since I'm not really, I'm not really well versed in you know the mythology of the Superman uh, comic. I guess uh, other than you know what we've seen already, like in pop culture releases. Yeah, they did Bizarro and Superman and Lois, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like DC likes to do that, where they test something out on TV and then bring it into movies. So it's that's a possibility also. Right. But, dude, they need a... I wouldn't even mind if they brought back James Marsters <laughs> as, <laughs> as Brainiac. Yeah, he's so good. And then just give him a later. bigger budget. <laughs> I know. That would be pretty cool. I yeah. mean, because... What Brainiac's like, kind of like this teal color, isn't he? Like in mm-hmm. the, the comics and stuff. The yeah, comic, he looks yeah. weird. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, now I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. It. When do you think this movie will come out? Oh man, I would probably say another four years. Wow, another four years. I'm That's gonna what be, I'm thinking. I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna say hopefully by 2025. That's pretty optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, Deadpool three is like 2024 now, so it's yeah. I mean, I hope you're right, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, dude, I can't believe it's already been, what, nine years? I mean, obviously, we're recording this mm-hmm. in October of 2022. Dude, it's already been nine years since the uh, original Man of Steel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would have said, oh, how about you hit let him versus Batman? <laughs> <Look, laughs> They've never that. done that before. <laughs> they never did that before. It's like, but I don't know. For the fact that... Ben Affleck could come back and, uh, you know, allegedly do The Flash because, you know, we haven't seen that movie yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. Uh, I think it's amazing that we could also see Henry Cavill suit back up. I think that's something I've been wanting to see. And the reason why I chose Christopher McQuarrie is, like, I wanted to, I want to see more, like, a bright, 
uh, hopeful Superman. Instead of the dark uh, Zack Snyder. Yeah, instead of, I mean, it's fine how it is, but that was nine years ago, like you said, and it is a different era of superhero movies. Right, right. Now, you know what? I I didn't even think of Christopher McQuarrie. I mean, he's done so many uh, good action flicks. Obviously, most of them are centered around uh, the guy that we'll be talking about in later in this episode, Mr. Tom Cruise. Uh, but yeah, Chris, like I feel like all of the Chris, all of the movies that Christopher McQuarrie has directed um, were all entertaining, and they weren't just like oh mixed bag i i think i've legitimately like each one of like his movies that that he's recently done especially mm-hmm. i agree but yeah so i mean again we got this new ritual ritual 2.0 because it's kind of a working title we can't haven't thought of a better name but we do still ha- um we still haven't abandoned our original podcast ritual where we like to talk about like a notable TV show or movie uh, that we've watched. We definitely want to be able to share that with you. Uh, But we uh, wanted to kind of do that in a different way. And even though we haven't still mainly started, we we dabbled a little bit with movie reviews um, in our off season. Uh, I know Andrea did a, did a couple. Um, Jeremy has done a couple as well. Um, We're not abandoning the old pot original podcast ritual, the OG ritual. The and OG so we're going to toss those videos on TikTok. And so how can our audience uh, follow us on TikTok? So on TikTok, just search up weekly real pod on TikTok. Yes. So that's and article. yeah, I mean, weekly real pod, follow us. I mean, we're still kind of, you know, finding our traction on that platform uh, because right now, we're mainly active on our Instagram account, and that's usually where our announcements are. We have our, um, I guess, our recasts on there, and we mainly post links on our stories on Instagram. And so how can our audience follow, find us, I, I should say, and follow us on Instagram? Yeah, if you want to see our ugly mugs on Instagram, <laughs> yeah, like in video and picture form, it's at Weekly Real on Instagram. Yes. And so, I mean... You know, we got a couple of movies that we got to talk to, so we'll get right into it. Jeremy, this week, our mission, and we did choose to accept it, is to start another franchise rewatch series with the Mission Impossible series. And as I mentioned earlier, we will be covering Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible 2. And so here's your spoiler warning. Um, I mean, really, it's a 22-year spoiler warning. Seriously? For Mission Impossible <laughs> 2 and 26 years now for uh-huh. for uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, so, again, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen it, go watch them. I, th- I feel like they're pretty entertaining for what they are. Um, and they're both, actually, the entire franchise. And we'll obviously talk more Mission Impossible in future episodes. All six movies are now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Not sponsored, though. Yes, we are not sponsored. <laughs> and so, uh, we, you know, with these um, episodes where we do talk about multiple movies, we, we like to, I guess, experiment with our um, with our format. And this episode is not any different. So we'll actually talk about different topics. And so uh, our first topic for this episode, we're bringing it back. It was a season two staple binge or cringe and so we're going to start off, Jeremy, with most binge-worthy moment, and we'll 
we'll try to discuss one from each film. And so we'll start with Mission Impossible. So, Jeremy, what is your most binge-worthy moment of Mission Impossible? Okay, of Mission Impossible, the first one. Uh, dude, re-watching this movie, because like you said, uh, we chose this franchise. Uh, this is one of the franchises that we were like, after the MCU, we could finally start watching other franchises. We did Rush Hour last season. Now we're doing Mission Impossible, one of our beloved franchises that we love. Um but rewatching this first one, it is more, in a way, grounded, at least for the first two acts, mm-hmm. <laughs> for, um, for the most part. And one of the things, I guess the moment I really liked, that um, the mystery around Jim Phelps, John Voight's mm. character. Yeah. And that scene where they're talking, I forgot where they were, but where Tom Cruise and John Voight were. In, the, uh, in London, at the, in, uh, the train station. Yeah, and then, like, uh, John Voight's, like, basically saying, oh, like, this happened, that happened, but then Tom Cruise, uh, Ethan Hunt is figuring out on his own, like, what um, Phelps was saying was different to what, you know, we were seeing as an audience and basically looking to the mind of Ethan Hunt. It's like, this is not how it actually played out. I think was, it's it was a cool thing to see because it's like, in these movies in these Mission Impossible movies, these kind of heist thriller type things, uh, they always have that that reveal or whatever uh, where they kind of go into like a retrospective mm-hmm. on how things played out. But I like that on top of that, you have Jim Phelps still spewing this lie to Ethan Hunt on top of those visuals. I think that was my binge-worthy moment. Right. It's uh, to kind of piggyback with what you were saying, it was basically... Uh, a choice that, um, uh, oh my goodness, what what's the director's name? He's hella, uh, Brian De Palma. Brian, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how he portrayed the unreliable narrator mm. in this regard because then during the during that conversation, where he's actually visualizing and, and putting us, the audience, into Ethan's head, and so he's. Re, you know, he's piecing everything back together from that night in Prague uh, during that what was essentially a mole hunt, right? Yeah. And so he's trying to figure out how he pulled this off because obviously, right after right after he sees the the Bible and the the stamp with the Drake Hotel, he knew that you know he like John Voight's character. What was it, Jim Jim Phelps? Jim Phelps. Yeah, yeah he was the one that uh, was basically the mole all this time. Right. And so my favorite part of that whole montage when he's put piecing everything together was it's like when he was trying to figure out whether or not Claire was in on yeah. it. Yeah. Because he he ended up playing both scenarios out where, oh, was Claire the one who in cold blood blew up um the blonde haired chick? I forgot I yeah, forgot I her. Forgot her. <laughs> Han- Hannah, I think actually. Hannah, I think it was Hannah. I, I, I was, was like I was like, is her name Claire? <laughs> I forgot which one. Yeah, but I yeah. think right, Hannah. But yeah, they show that one scene where she looked pretty like it dark at the at the. She looked cold actually. Yeah. At the camera, and she's pressing button, blows up the car, and then she's like, "No, it can't be her." Obviously, I think you know it was more implied that he kind of like had a little bit of a thing with Claire. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, it can't be her. And then they showed like, oh, maybe this is how Jim blew up uh, Hannah or whatever by swimming uh, ashore or whatever and blowing her up that way. 
Yeah, yeah. Which, in a way, like, we didn't know as an audience, right? Like, we didn't also, know. it's like, like you said, un- unreliable narrator. It's, uh, I think I like the way that played out. It was a little weird in the next scene, you know, when Ethan goes to, to Claire and then they have that that staring contest yeah, you know what i mean and then it kind of inti- just cuts off intimate moment <laughs> yeah intimate moment um like obviously ethan is super wary of her motives at that point now right and then it all leads into the you know climax of the movie so right right uh for my binge worthy moment um i don't know like i i feel like the beginning was actually pretty fun. I completely forgot that uh, Jim was actually the the first person in the entire franchise who actually got the first mission. And yeah, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I so it, it it really felt like a retrospective, uh, especially since you know, in between the first two Mission Impossible was four years, in between the second and third, six years. Six years. Yep. And then in between the third and fourth, and obviously we'll get to this later on, there was like, uh, what, another six five years, years? I think. Wait. I think five, five years, I think. It was 2011, five, yeah, yeah. right? You're right. Yeah, five years. And so there was like these huge gaps or whatever. So obviously when we actually revisit some of the uh, later, you know, as we keep going with this franchise rewatch, we get to see how like the technology kind of progresses. <laughs> and so for me, uh-huh. um, in addition to like the the relationships between the initial IMF team, because I feel like this was like maybe the biggest IMF team in the beginning when they're doing mm-hmm. that whole prog, um, you know, when they're trying to uh, like spy and trying to capture Galitzin on, on, on camera, basically talking about the knock, him stealing the knock list. Mm-hmm. You get this pretty light, you know, and fun dynamic between all of them. And then, you know, that was like one of the things that I like with been, you know, that was binge worthy, but like the whole, like the internet was just completely like nuts to me. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a blast. I, you know what? I don't think I was surfing the internet back when they were using the Usenets and all that stuff. It's pretty crazy. Crap. Yeah. I mean, I was totally confused. Obviously I was born the year <laughs> this came out. <laughs> so I was like, how did this work? You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely not as convenient as Google. Yeah, basically this was their version of Google. And yeah. um man, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh it it I don't know. It 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 was fun to just kind of have that nostalgia factor because 1996 isn't terribly like in the past, but man, technology has advanced so much uh between now and then. Yeah, but to speak on like the 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 teams that they had at the beginning and then in the middle of the movie that they formed like a new one, I think I was surprised. I was like, you know, especially in the beginning, I know how you know how Mission Impossible over the movies become much more Ethan Hunt centric, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like in, in that first team, it was more like like a team movie, like an ensemble. Yeah, because uh, you get you get you get uh what do you call that uh you get um I guess the 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 coach from the <laughs> from the Mighty, Mighty Ducks, Ducks. <laughs> Emilio Estevez. <laughs> yeah, because <I mean>, <laughs> you know back in the 
late nineties, he was, I mean, I don't think he was as popular as Tom Cruise, but he was a headliner. And then for him to just get killed within the first 20 minutes, something like that was pretty shocking. I think, uh, back in the day. Yeah. I mean, especially because I think obviously it was also, um, John Voight's, (laughs) um, Phelps's thing. Cause it's like, he knew, he knows who's dirty and who's not, Mm -hmm. and who's probably the most, um, lethal i guess who's the biggest threat yeah and i feel like going for the tech guy is probably the easiest way to get everyone kind of discombobulated right and boy did they get discombobulated <laughs> we'll definitely get <laughs> get into that uh as we go along with this uh with this episode um jeremy um mission impossible 2 what was your most binge-worthy moment uh for mission impossible 2 mission impossible 2 oh dang dude probably the final battle okay yeah because it's it's like so john john woo you know what i mean so wait wait. are we talking about the the last fight scene on the beach yeah i'm like more like the the entire thing motorcycle yeah the motorcycle all the way up to that when they tackle each other i feel like (laughs) is is a pretty good highlight especially when tom cruise is like hanging on the side of the bike and he has like his soles on the ground. Oh, yeah. Dude, okay, I'm going to say it right now because an- another John Woo movie I actually really like is Hard Target with Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme. Damme. And basically that, like, to really do this style effectively, you have to have it, like, you have to lean into it. And that's what I like about like the ending of this movie, Mission Possible 2, is that they lean into the John Wooisms, just like Hard Target is the whole movie. But, yeah, there are moments where it's like, Tom Cruise is not Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> you know what I mean? In that final battle, there's a lot of kicks that, I just, it looks a little clunky. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. That's actually, hey, you're stealing my thunder, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, keep going, keep going. No, no, like, um, yeah. I mean, I'll leave it for that because I feel like there's still more to dissect that I'll mention a little bit later. But you go ahead, yeah. yeah I would no, say that. No, the, the motorcycle chase, if I were to okay. really okay. narrow it down. I think we'll kind of disagree a little bit there. Yeah. You know, that we'll tease that for, for I guess, <laughs> later on. Uh-huh. Uh, my b- most binge-worthy moment of mission impossible 2 has got to be tom cruise's hair oh my oh, god it's bro. so binge worthy <laughs> dude okay because i know i didn't know if we wanted to actually do a moment but his hair plus the music <laughs> so good. with the electric guitar i think those are my okay the motorcycle stuff whatever but the music the electric guitar with the hair dude <laughs> that's that's a, like prime 2000 right there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so good. Um, you know, I was actually going to save this kind of confession for later, but I might as well just do this now because I think I set myself up. <laughs> Not on accident, by the way. Oh, no, it was on accident a little bit. I don't know. After this movie originally aired in 2000, I was like, dude, I got to grow my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, that like in two thousand, it was two thousand two, I think. Actually, it was a couple years after this movie came out. Um, I tried to grow it out, and that was the main reason. I was like, "Wow!" So there were times when I was like watching this movie, 
just to see if I can get that straight up. I, I couldn't get, I, I guess I didn't have the patience or whatever. So I, you know, I grew it pretty long, but then I stopped and it was getting a little unruly. But then I guess 10 years after that, and mm. I think more, more recently, it was 2012, no, 13, maybe 2014. That's mm. when I really had it long. That's when I, I really had the Tom Cruise hair going um, <laughs> there you from go. Mission Impossible 2. So confession, that, that was kind of the origin and motivations for growing my hair out initially. Um, the few times that I attempted hey man i don't blame you man tom cruise's hair is like another actor in this movie chef's kiss <laughs> yeah it almost redeems the movie <laughs> yeah it was so good and uh i mean i'll i'll touch more on the the hair i guess uh, again a little bit later on because i feel like a lot of these topics that we have for this episode they're kind of related <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird yeah slow motion hair you know yes exactly and john woo and john woo with doves yes <laughs> and, doves. <laughs> and pigeons a lot of pigeons this a lot of pigeons yeah a lot of birds now that i think about it, yeah you're right because he usually has doves but i don't know why he added pigeons this time so maybe yeah. they're more prevalent in australia <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knows anyway you know what like in, whenever we do these multiple uh, movie episodes where we just mainly do topics. Generally speaking, we usually save the second half of binge or cringe for immediately after, um, immediately after the break. But we, you know, we're gonna go straight into binge or cringe topic two: most cringeworthy moment or biggest nitpick from each film. And so, for Mission Impossible, what was your most uh, cringeworthy moment or something that you want to nitpick? Uh, okay. Well, the, it does get kind of hard to follow, honestly. I mean, yeah, you're following like the knock list. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I feel like that's all Mission Impossibles. They're always kind of convoluted, so it's kind of its own thing. But if right. super, super nitpick, it's probably the helicopter explosion. It's always bothered me at the, at the very at the end very where end. it just like <laughs> explodes and then like propels him. Yeah, it's like I love the train sequence, especially like with the... Uh, basically air blowing in their faces. I feel yeah. like Tom Cruise would do it for real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I feel, like on a on a high-speed um, actual train. Yeah, he would go on a, a moving <clears throat> train like now because it did look kind of, you know, dated, but it was 1996. But, um, but yeah, the helicopter explosion has always kind of bothered me where it like propels him that much onto like the helicopter. And then it ends with the helicopter like barely like slicing it. So it's like, that's too much for this movie. Perfectly. <laughs> yeah, perfectly. It's, it's a little too much. I mean, that that would have passed in Mission Impossible 2. But Mission Impossible 1, a little much. It's a little bit too fast and furious for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like the perfect way to describe it. I never really thought of, you know, obviously comparing the two. But yeah, no, it's... Uh, An adjective. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually one of the, like the... I guess nitpicks that I would have as well, uh, but I went, uh, I guess, in a different route because uh, obviously Mission Impossible is known. I don't want to say mainly, but I guess a huge chunk of what Mission Impossible is known for is that CIA knock list, like heist, basically that mission where they're trying to actually steal the the actual knock list. Mm-hmm. And so I actually have a couple of nitpicks from that 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 mission. That's true. Uh-huh. There's a couple of them. Like uh, during that scene where I, I don't, I don't even, 
I don't know if they even named the guy. The the guy the basically the mark that you know they were gonna take advantage of the guy who's in charge of oh yeah being in that vault. Um, the guy they ended up getting sick. Mm-hmm. That entire scene saying. where he gets, I guess, uh, like is poisoned or something. Mm-hmm. It bugged me in that like she. Like it was kind of like in his line of sight, even though he's like reading, I would have seen that pen like squirt fluid into that coffee. Yeah. I would have seen that, (laughs) that, and I would have noticed like, Hey, what are you doing? Putting your hands on me. Like when she put that tracking dot on his shoulder, I would have like noticed it. And so (laughs) that's super like, it's like they, could have done it more like more slyly like you know actually bump into him not like cur- like gently touch his yeah jacket. or walk by him you know like walk by him put the thing on the uh, on, on his shoulder or whatever and then just keep going not actually sitting right next to like in <laughs> kind of like even angled in front yeah. of him where you could kind of he can actually see you in his peripherals so yeah that's always been kind of a. Um, that's always bugged me as far as that scene. And then, fast forwarding to like the the climax of the actual scene, where obviously you know Ethan Hunt's doing his, I don't know, stunt work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one scene where you know obviously uh, Jean Reno, uh, I forgot his character's name, yeah, but Jean yeah. Reno's uh, yeah. he he gets distracted by the rat, and then he drops him. Almost to the floor, right? And he's doing that. Yeah, the the little wavy things. Right, that scene. And I guess it's always bugged me when they, you know, do the close up of that bead of sweat that falls off the the thing, and mm-hmm. it and then he ends up catching it from that angle. How in the heck are you able to <laughs> capture it when you're like literally this far off the, the yeah. ground? That's always been a huge nitpick of mine in that there's like no way that he can catch that bead of sweat from that low or that close to the ground. That's true. I mean, it's like it's such an iconic image or and scene. I guess some disbelief, I guess. But yeah, it's like for for him to be that close to the floor is yeah, and at that angle, I can see it. <laughs> it's always bugged me. And then, uh, obviously, getting pulled up when, when the, the cables aren't on the pulley any longer. Oh, yeah. And it's making all that. That should have triggered the alarm. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's, Especially like, since they went out of their way to explain what the triggers are when, you know, with this state-of-the-art um, vault system with the security measures. That should have triggered it for sure. Yeah, it's like, and why? I don't know. I was going to say, why have a vent there like that? I don't know. <laughs> they want an air conditioned? Uh, who knows? Um, let's go with the uh, most cringeworthy moment or biggest nitpick from Mission Impossible 2, Jeremy. Uh, the whole relationship of um, <laughs> Ethan Hunt and what's her name? Naya. Naya. Uh, specifically, the slow motion car sequence. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> That was so bad. I was cringing so hard and the <laughs> ethereal music <laughs> playing. Yes. Because, okay, what, do you, what did it remind me of? Okay, Shang-Chi. Remember when Wen Wu and his wife are doing oh, yeah, their yeah. fight and dance? Yeah. But then there's like this look of admiration and, and that they have for each other when they're going in that circle, right? But in this, 
<laughs> it's like you see Tom Cruise and he's like super intense and like oh it's like oh yeah she's beautiful or whatever. But then you like go to Naya's uh, angle and she's like terrified because <laughs> she's like spun out of control. So yeah. it's like just that whole thing was kind of cringy to me. Their relationship took up like the whole first hour of the movie. Honestly, I'm going to say it right now. Um, I was like, man, this I thought this movie was going to be good. Like I've seen the movie before, obviously, yeah. but I'm like, maybe it's going to be better this time. I was like the movie I got taken out of the movie. As soon as uh, Ethan met Naya, and I didn't really jump back into the movie until um, the sight? heist of Chimera. Yeah, by sight. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I, no- I noticed that I noticed the same thing this time around too. I think I forgived a lot of it because we were seeing a lot of Tom Cruise's hair, and yeah. in that scene. Just, just saying, we got a lot of slow motion, co- yeah. uh, convertible driving with that hair, and how he did it, uh, those little whips and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> those were amazing, though. The, yeah, there's some, there's good hair imagery for sure, but it's it can't save that. It can't save the no, non chemistry. No, I, I, don't I, I disagree there. with you. No, I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like he has more chemistry with his hair than her. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, my <laughs> most cringeworthy moment of Mission Impossible 2. Here's where I disagreed with you, I guess. Um, that entire uh, <laughs> end, <laughs> like literally right after Biosite, um, and then, you know, they they drop off Naya or whatever. And then, oh, my goodness. First of all, like the the deal, like when they're because I think this well, this was in two thousand, so the dot coms were a major thing. Starting with um, wait, Sean Ambrose when he was talking Sean, about yeah. oh his motivations being stocks and stock yeah. options to be exact was so cringy for me. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And then, like like everything and being in slow motion again, just like you said, where there was a lot of unnecessary twirls and flips, and it didn't make it made it seem like none of the impacts actually hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, there's no there's no way Tom Cruise is <laughs> making any damage <laughs> against these guys, and he was like knocking these henchmen out like 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 dude, he landed like a. <laughs> Remember when he was break? I think he was breaking into the place for to to get Chimera, and he took out this one henchman by doing like this flip, <laughs> this front flip, and then did like this kick. I'm like, he's not knocked out, dude. He's just like st- his stomach hurts. You know what I mean? And then he kicked him, and then that dude rolled like three miles. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like he's Bro. like I said, he's not Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Well. The motor, some of the motorcycle stuff, I will agree with you, look really cool and everything. But then towards the end, right before the motorcycles kind of blow up, there was like that one scene where it looked really cool, but it was pointless. Where you got one, I forget who was like <laughs> did this ramp up kind of jump, but then there was like another motorcycle that was kind of sliding underneath, Slide. and you get the thing where they were kind of going in. Yeah, I think Tom opposite directions. Was going under and yeah, it was like why? Why? <laughs> like, it didn't make any sense. Oh, and um, you and, know, like on the beach, right? It's already yeah. hard. To, like it's already hard enough to walk on the beach. On the beach, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And they're doing like these uh, elaborate moves on the beach. 
Yeah. And it's the ends MMA in like kicks and stuff that didn't look like it hurt. Yeah. Like, like the like the cartwheel kick. <laughs> but oh, then again, man. that that hair blowing in the wind, I, I kind of forgive that part of it. Oh, and uh, when he kicks up the gun at the end, I think that's cool. That's a cool visual. Yeah, that was. Perfect. I like that. Yeah. yeah, but that entire fight scene I did not like. It's very clunky for very sure. Very clunky. Even the 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 knife right next to the thing. It was basically that version of the helicopter. Oh yeah, and what bothered me is that it, it like it would cut back and forth, and then the knife kept changing distances. distances yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, hated I know. that. It's like, what? It's a cool shot, but then like some continuity would be nice. Yeah, would yeah. Oh man, do it. <laughs> the act three was really rough for me, um, but luckily there were some cool imagery with the motorcycle. So I, I agree with you mostly on the motorcycle part. But then there was just stuff that just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Up and like all the way to the title sequence, I loved Mission Impossible Two. <laughs> like in the you know the very beginning, what the first yeah. five minutes. And <laughs> if if Tom Cruise just had his Mission Impossible One or Three here, um, I don't think I would have liked it as much. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely not as dynamic. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, dude. Um, We'll get. I guess we'll get to later movies. Uh, obviously, when we get there. But um, Jeremy, I mean, we got we came to the part of the the episode where we like to involve the audience because obviously this is why we we do this podcast, the weekly real podcast. And so this week's audience question that we would like uh, you guys, the audience, to get involved with is: Who is your favorite IMF agent that is not Ethan Hunt? And you know what? We'll put the caveat that it's going to be just from these first two uh, Mission Impossible movies. So MI1 and, or MI and MI2. So um, quickly, who would you pick? Dang, that's a hard one. Uh, Sean Bean's character, 006. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Luther, probably. I think, it, like, especially in Mission Impossible 1, because he did have that, is he a good guy, is he not type of thing. Especially after like Ethan Hunt was like betrayed, yeah. But I, I like their dynamic there, and I, it kind of sucks that you know he d- doesn't appear for a little bit, and then I feel like he's his character is a little just kind of one note recently. Yeah, he's fun. He's funny and stuff, but he's a little bit one note. But I liked. I really liked him in the first one. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, because you mentioned Luther, I like how in the first one he's rocking the no mustache and the soul patch yeah and then he completely does the exact opposite for the second one. he's doing the whole mustache and this part's like completely gone it was weird uh the dynamic between the first two movies but if i had to answer um i guess my favorite imf agent i gotta go with emilio estevez uh jack oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just because i completely forgot he was in the first one <laughs> yeah because he's got his face taken off oh my god that was brutal that was brutal. That was actually um, one of the things that I, f- I forgot. And so, um, again, we we definitely want to hear wh- who your favorite IMF agent uh, that is not Ethan Hunt. Uh, definitely send us your uh, feedback uh, via email. We have an email address, don't we, Jeremy? We do. Um, you can search it up on the, what's that thing called again? The interwebs? In, on No, the thing that Tom Cruise uses. Oh, the Usenet groups. <laughs> yeah, Usenet. Yeah, you can search us up on there. It's at Weekly Real. <laughs> Are you sure it's not at Job314? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Job, dude. 
<laughs> so he looks directly into the Bible. I'm like, it's not that complicated, Tom Cruise. Job 314. Oh, it's not Job 314. It's Job 314. Oh, yeah. so good. It's the simplicity. <laughs> Brian De Palma, you're such a genius. And I'm not even saying that. Uh, I'm not even saying that sarcastically. I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> but what's our um, email, though? Yeah, our actual email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. So, Jeremy, let's take a quick break. All right, welcome back from the break. And uh, before we get into uh, the second half of this episode, uh, I'm just going to take a little bit of time just to, I guess, plug uh, something. I mean, obviously, we're doing video right now. I just wanted to point out this new beanie that I got that I, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to support uh, one of my friends. Uh, her name is Kayla. She runs an Instagram called at Fibers and Vibes. This beanie that I have on is obviously fi- the finest of fibers and it's such a vibe. And so what I'll do is I'll actually go ahead and uh, obviously link it uh, link it on the episode notes. If you want to uh, inquire about some of her pieces, check out her uh, Instagram at uh, Fibers and Vibes. And if you're looking to, I don't know, maybe check out a beanie or uh, some of her other work, definitely hit her up, set, uh, send her some DMs or whatever. And so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of point this beanie out. And so, Jeremy, topic three, we're going to introduce a brand new segment because, you know, we like to do something new for Mm. every uh, season. And I thought of this idea kind of based off of some of our earlier um, social media work. Uh, Shout out to Andrea on that. She was kind of doing some of this, this or that. And so, you know what? New segment for the actual podcast episode. We're doing this or that, except we're going to do this a little bit different. We're going to do a random drawing for these next three topics, topics three, four, and five. And what Jeremy and I uh, will do is we'll see which movie we're going to have to, um, I guess, argue. And then we'll actually put up polls on uh, on our Instagram on Tuesday, the Tuesday after this episode uh, debuts. And so for topic three, for this or that, we will argue best mission. And so, um, you know, my championship hat right behind me for the Golden State Warriors, we're going to use this. And we have poker chips. So the white poker chip will represent Mission Impossible. We're putting that in the hat. And the black chip, because, you know, Tom Cruise was wearing a bunch of tight, really tight black shirts in and Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, he will act, uh, this black chip will uh, represent Mission Impossible 2. So uh, I will mix it up in the hat here. And so, Jeremy, for best mission, you will be arguing on behalf of Mission Impossible 2. Yes. Which one is your, which one is uh, the best mission for Mission Impossible 2? Dude, the best mission is going to be the Chimera heist mission. Where mm. Ethan has to go in. He, You know he's going to have to destroy Chimera. But for the fact that he also like basically does this whole bungee jump from a helicopter yeah. through those um, steel like, vent thing that yeah. close. And what did they say, 20 seconds? Oh, 40, 40 seconds, seconds where they have 40? to, yeah, they have to 
get them in, have them land safely, but also <laughs> evading, um, I guess, security or whatever, yeah, staff members. Security. And then you got to exactly. get those cables out. And it all just leads up to everything kind of exploding. And, you know, he uh, faces Ambrose in there and then, you know, has to dual wield. Yes, he does. <laughs> Very yes, practical in an actual fight that you want to do and not, you know, and conserve ammo is to use both of your guns at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Only in a John Woo movie. And uh, and be completely accurate. So I would say just for and his hair in that scene, like in that all black outfit <laughs> with the hair slow motion. Yeah, it's just perfect it's, bounce. It's, the per- <laughs> it's like head and shoulders. It was amazing. <laughs> I will I will mention this just because you talked about uh, him dual wielding. I have this theory. I, it's unfounded. Okay. I didn't do any internet research, but this movie came out in 2000, right? Mm-hmm. I want to say either in 2001 or 2002, a video game called Max Payne, which yeah, which uh, which specializes with Max Payne, you know, the the main character, the antihero, where he does a lot of slow motion dual wielding with yeah. diving and stuff. <laughs> I. I, I'm just gonna go on a limb. My theory is that Max Payne was uh, was um, what do you call it? Inspired by Mission Impossible. I think yeah. Two. I mean, he was maybe maybe not Mission Impossible two necessarily. No, it's Mission but Impossible I feel like John two. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Mission Impossible two. Just straight up Mission Impossible two. I think he's missing the hair though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to make it too obvious, so he did a combination of. Mission Impossible one hair with the with the action with the, from Mission Impossible yeah the, and the leather jacket type of thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah that that action sequence is pretty John Woo it, it was definitely John <laughs> Woo very John Woo <laughs> a lot of rolls and flips that I wouldn't expect Tom Cruise to do now yeah yeah well for me obviously I have the white chip I'll argue on behalf of Mission Impossible um. You know, you would think that I would go with the CIA um, heist, you know, for the knock, the actual knock list. Hmm. But because of the nitpicks, I kind of docked that. And so my, I guess, my mission, the best mission that I think that I like the most from Mission Impossible was actually the mole hunt over at Prague. Because, you know what, again, we talked about like their dynamic with the, 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 the IMF team. It was a pretty big IMF team. We've talked about it. But it seemed very lighthearted. Everything ran so smoothly. There was joking. Like the dialogue sure. was pretty cool. I mm-hmm. love how, like their whole dynamic. And then in a heartbeat, as soon as Jack dies in the elevator shaft, it just gets real dark in a hurry. And correct me if I'm wrong, in all of the six movies that have come out, these next like 10 to 15 minutes after that, this is probably like the most bloodshed, the most dark a Mission Impossible movie gets, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, I was gonna say it's like it's pretty much jumping from like Oceans, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Oceans franchise, like oh, a lighthearted, jokey, kind of like oh, we're planning this mission, and then jumps into like Jason Bourne <laughs> and like dying and killing everybody, and yeah, it does get pretty dark, and for the fact that it's, like Ethan's just really like running around not really knowing what to do. Yeah. 
Hence, Dude, there, there was, was a lot of running, running going on. Yeah, in. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, nice little, <laughs> nice little. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just that mission. I, it's a, it's a good mission, but it doesn't have the flair. You know what I mean? It doesn't, <laughs> and, and a lot of it, it. There's a lot of okay. You don't. You still. We still don't know what's going on in the movie. We don't know what the you know. There's a lot of swerves going on, you know, where, again, we're huge fans of WWE. There are times when, you know, like, I was like, oh, someone did a, you know, face to heel turn or whatever. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of those, like, within these next 15 to 20 minutes, because you don't know who's on what side. You don't know what we don't really know what the plot is to this point yet. We don't know who the mole is. Obviously, we, you know, we were seeing it in the eyes of, you know, we're following Ethan Hunt. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. And so we know he's probably the only good guy. But we're trying to figure out, okay, he's being set up. Who's setting him up? And why? That's true. And so, and then again, some of these IMF agents die brutal deaths. You get Jack uh in the elevator shaft, you get Sarah getting stabbed, and we later find out that it's uh Jean Renault. Um, and Dang, then dude, I did not expect that. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. That was pretty dark when they actually revealed that part. Yeah. And then obviously Hannah blowing up in, in the car, and we obviously didn't know who who initiated that. In that one scene that we were talking about during uh, the conversation with uh, Jim Phelps and Ethan mm-hmm. Hunt. So I and felt Jim like Phelps supposedly dying. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like. A lot of the foundation work was done during that scene. And if that didn't work, the rest of the movie doesn't work. That's why I picked it. Solid choice. Solid choice. So, topic four. We've kind of touched on it. I love the (laughs) teaser. Uh, I'm glad we're on the same, same level there. Mm -hmm. So, this or that, we'll be debating best Tom Cruise run. (laughs) So, (laughs) okay, we're going to put these... Poker chips back into the hat, and we'll go ahead and go at random. It's me, Jeremy. Sure. You are arguing on behalf of. Oh my goodness, Mission Impossible Two again. Yes. Okay. Okay. I know both have good runs, but there was, and he runs a bunch in Mission Impossible Two. Uh, a lot in black, a lot in leather, and a lot in slow motion. But there's. <laughs> There's one that I was like, I was kind of dying. I was laughing, but I, I was like, that's so Tom Cruise. Because Tom Cruise run, you have to have like the straight hands, very high knees, high hands. So it's like, okay, yeah, it's not just running, running. You have to do the best Tom Cruise run. And funny enough, my best Tom Cruise run is like when he's running away from Ambrose. And, you know, Ambrose just killed uh, the fake Ethan Hunt, right? Who's actually Hugh taped up and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then he's running and he has uh, like his Hugh mask. But, and you see Hugh running away, but he's doing the Tom Cruise yeah. run. And then he takes off the mask and he's still doing the Tom Cruise run. And I love that transition of Hugh is doing the Tom Cruise run. Cause you can see that. Okay. It's like, yeah, that's Hugh. But why is he running like Tom Cruise? <laughs> and then it turns up to be Tom Cruise because all the 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 freaking face masks in Mission Impossible Two. I think that was my favorite, just because they implemented 
a Tom Cruise run into that face reveal. That was, that was pretty good. I never even thought about it. I mean, because, yeah, I do remember that scene very vividly, but you're right in that Hugh doing the Tom Cruise run is pretty iconic, and it seamlessly, like, transitions really good. Uh, I never thought of that, but that was mm-hmm. good. Um, I guess, again, I'm arguing on behalf of Mission Impossible, and, you know, we talked about how, you know, during that prog mission, because uh, Ethan Hunt doesn't know what's going on. So he's literally running from one, <laughs> one side of the, the city to another. So he's doing a lot of the high, the, the, the arms flailing, the high knees and everything. He's doing a lot of Tom Cruise running. And it's mm. glorious. But I'm going to go with the obvious choice here in that, you know, obviously later on, you know, he's, you know, talking with Kittredge in the mm. restaurant and, you know, we get the Dutch angles and everything close up, <laughs> but yep. uh, obviously, you know, Tom Cruise is feeling attacked. You know, they're thinking he's the mole and he needs to get out of there and he uses the red light, green light um, gum, I guess that Jack yep. gave him. He s- slow motion swipes that right into the aquarium the big ass aquarium and all of a sudden boom some random dude goes flying i completely forgot that happens (laughs) and so um obviously that leads to one of the most iconic i guess imagery from from mission impossible it's the whole like he's jumping and he's doing this unnecessary like arms and stuff and it's all happening in slow he's jumping he's and in the background you know you got the whole water kind of just perfectly flowing yeah. behind him in the background because it's like he's trying not to get his shoes wet <laughs> <jump>. <laughs> you know yeah they are some nice leather shoes but yeah <laughs> he knock him down for that. yeah but no he's he's doing the, and then and then later on when he goes when it's you know the slow motion kind of ends then he's doing the <laughs> he's doing yeah. the, the arms and and, <laughs> and it's so good and, and you get the nice little water puddle just kind of going in the background it just yeah. ends perfectly so i good. like that shot where it just like pans out and you just yeah. see tom cruise like just sprinting right. away <laughs> in real time and then I, I, I would have liked to see like how that actual raw footage ends where he just does he just keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> or does tom he just cruise stop <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't walk. He yeah. just runs like Tom yeah. Cruise. Just out of curiosity, if you were to argue Mission Impossible for the best run, which one would you have picked real quick? Dude, I like when he um, runs towards Phelps. Like, yeah. like when Phelps is like, help me. All yeah. that stuff. And I like when he's running. Like that whole yeah. sequence, he's running a bunch. Yeah. Or even when he sees, I think, Sarah like, and like in that dark alley. And he starts to realize like those people. I like... There's a lot of running in that sequence. I like all his running in there. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to pick one for uh, Mission Impossible 2, though, just because I feel like we're going to be focusing on runs because this Tom Cruise, that's his yeah. jam. My favorite my was um, the bio site, the very end of that, where he literally throws that bomb, blows up the, the wall, and obviously he makes a promise tonight. He's running in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The, his hair is um, immaculate again. And then uh, I'm going to read off of my notes. The ancient lamentation music. I just wanted to use that because of Wonder Woman 1984. You get the... (laughs) And then he's like literally doing this. And then for some reason, he jumps out of the building 
Yep. <laughs> He's got this weird pose. Oh with yeah, the guns. yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, put your guns away. They're not gonna use them while you're falling, bro. <laughs> it's like. And then yeah, he does yeah. a then he does a front flip and then he finally pulls his shoot. Oh my god, that whole thing was so good. But that slow motion run was oh, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. All right, topic 5. Okay, I'm going to put the chips back. And so for this last this or that, we're I mean, we've been talking about stunts. We're going to talk about best stunts, okay? Jeremy. And so I'm not going to look, and we're going to have you argue on behalf of Mission Impossible. Damn, I feel like this one's a bit harder because I, I, would, I would say the aquarium run because that's a lot of water, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, how, and, like, how many takes do you actually have? I Yeah, exactly. I would say they would have done that maybe only one or two times. Right. For that amount of water and that amount of, like, cleanup and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tom Cruise could do it. But uh, my other the, the stunt I really like, I love the train sequence. When he's on top of the train mm-hmm. it like and the amount of like wind that's blowing on him, especially when he's trying to like catch up to um, Phelps and he does like this flip. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I, lo- and then I he, love that. And then he's that hanging shot. on like this. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like the wind is all blowing and it's, like his face is all like messed up and like Tom Cruise, like, giving it his all, even though it's probably, like, you know, they're on, like, green screen. Green screen. But they probably had are filming probably in a legit wind tunnel. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And they probably, like, flipped them over, and that looked like it kind of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, wonder so if they u- I, would, I wonder if they use cables for that. Most likely. Yeah. To do that flip. Yeah. But I love that shot. I think that that shot still holds up, where he, he does that flip, and he's holding on to the the train it gets a little wacky when he's uh on the side of the train i think that was a bit much mm-hmm. almost homages to uh rogue nation or rogue nation homages to, to, yeah to to, that. To, yeah yeah but uh yeah i like when he's on top of the train yeah it was good it was good um for me obviously i'm arguing on behalf of mission impossible 2 and initially you know i was gonna be like you know i was thinking about talking about one of the unnecessary <laughs> motorcycle riding <laughs> that we, we've talked yeah. about a little bit obviously the sexy pick and you did talk about um his biosite helicopter jump that was pretty crazy but it did look like some pretty bad cgi when he was going through the uh <laughs> yeah, the vents i guess bad. in 2000 so you know mm. forgivable it is what it is but for me i gotta go the best stunt was actually near the beginning of mission impossible 2 it has to be when he's actually rock climbing and it yeah. looks like he's just <laughs> rock climbing without any harnesses or any cables. And obviously, you know, he actually does the rock climbing. I mean, there's actual cables um, that he does use, you know, during the filming and everything. But he's actually the one doing the rock climbing. And they just have did- you seen uh, the Ben Stiller like parody? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was uh, on okay. the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah. That's so good. It is so good. And the way he's doing the laugh, he's got the really tight black shirt. He's got the long hair wigged. uh, What I also like about that scene is when he does that one, that one move that he faces outwards and he's like, holding yes, the legs, like, well, even palms, even before that, though, that one scene where he like literally jumps to get to that. That was actually nuts how he he jumped. And all of a sudden, like, oh, he mis- he did a misstep or whatever to make, you know, to 
get our heart racing or whatever. And then he's slipping and all of a sudden he grabs on. And then he yeah. gets to that point where he's doing that whole thing. <laughs> it's so iconic the way he's just doing this. And then yeah. his hair's like perfectly, <laughs> his hair's perfectly yeah. like blowing in the wind. I was like, dude, it's so good. Yeah, his he was very his look was so on point for that movie. <laughs> for was. that movie, you know what I mean? I don't know if you could take that look and put it into Dead Reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that was a good one. If I were to choose one for Mission Impossible Two, though, I would have said the motorcycle tackle. Oh, that yeah, looked yeah. like a, yeah. that was a good stunt Ooh, that with the motorcycle cool. blowing up. I know that's kind of weird mm-hmm. that they just blow up. I don't think it, even with a leaky fuel tank, I don't think they would do that. But mm-hmm. that that looked like it hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Mission Impossible, I would have picked uh, just the obvious choice: that whole vault scene. That it's still pretty cool, only yeah. because the the sound design is what I think makes that scene where there's it's added tension and then. You, you know, obviously you got to watch your sound levels and, and you got to be thinking. I think that's why I'm a little bit harsh on that um, scene just because I felt like if they would have been a little bit more mindful of the, I guess, the gravity of the situation that they set up when they were talking about the the heist. Mm-hmm. And then it got broke. They broke their own rules. And I was like, oh, man, it could have been yeah. that much better. Yeah, because it's iconic, but could have been a little bit more like immersive right right but i feel like that whole stunt is what set up everything because then again in mission impossible 2 you get the the helicopter jump and then you get the subsequent ones and that we'll talk about when when we progress in this franchise Mm -hmm. rewatch and so jeremy dude that was fun we we definitely should probably do this again um (laughs) on our next mission impossible um episode so um but i mean we're still on this episode and we're currently now tied for the lead in our favorite game, Guess the Rotten Tomato Score. I, I spoiled this current score. We're tied four to four, and we've incorporated the guests. They are kind of lagging a little bit so far in these first two episodes. They're currently at zero. But again, this is a week where we're covering two movies. And so just to remind everyone, mm-hmm. first place is three points, second place is one point. And do not want to get third place because then again you're gonna get zero. And so, uh, Jeremy, do you want to reveal who our guest uh, guesser is for the Rotten Tomato score? Yes, you know him from our Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion episode, Jacob. He also was in our Tenant episode and Nightcrawler episode as well. So he's been a guest on the show a bunch of times, uh, and his guests, I. Mission Impossible, by the way, the first one. Yeah, for Mission Impossible, yeah. Uh, He guessed 78. 78, okay. Um, What was your guess, Jeremy? My guess was 75. Ooh, okay, well, me and Jacob are thinking along the same lines. I also guess 78. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, so um, let me check Mission Impossible. Uh, What were the rules if you tie for second? (laughs) Um, okay, so if we tie for first, then J- uh, Jacob and I will each share. We're, we're going to both get three points. Damn. Okay. If there's a tie, but it's uh, for second. So let's just say, for example, me and Jacob got second. You beat us both. You're going to get three, and then we get we, we both get one point each because we're tied okay. for technically for second. Yeah, that's true. Okay. 
All right, so let's see. Mission Impossible 1996. And with a rotten... Or sorry, with a tomato meter of 66%, Damn, Jeremy has got it. And this is with Dang, uh, 64 reviews. Oh. 66. Oh. I mean, it's fresh, but uh, it's a little lower than I thought it would be. Um, actually, do you want to guess what the uh, uh, sorry the audience score is? Uh, 80? Uh, 71. Oh. Interesting. Okay, Damn. so that now brings the scores at Jeremy now with three points is uh, immediately vaulted up to seven. Uh, I now have five and the guests have one point just because again, Jacob and I have tied for second place. We both mm-hmm. get the one point. All right. Um, Mission impossible Two. uh, what is Jacob's guess? Uh, I feel like now, <laughs> now that we saw this 66 for the first one, Jacob guessed 68%. Okay, 68%. All right. Uh, how about your guess? I guessed 53. Oh. <laughs> I guessed 51. Uh, oh, man. All right. So Mission Impossible 2, 2000. All right. I'm sorry. What was your guess again? 53? 53. Oh my goodness, Jeremy, with the with the sweep, tomato meter of fifty six percent. Oh my goodness, and I guess I would be second, right? Because I got fifty. Guess yeah. fifty one. I'm a little closer. Actually, do you want to guess what? Wait, the, wait, uh, wait a minute. It was fifty six. You were fifty. Okay, yeah. Oh, five, I was fifty one. Point difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You got, me, you got me second guessing myself. <laughs> I was like, the math. Yeah, because Jacob's 68. Yeah, 68. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to guess what the audience score is? Shoot, dude. S- uh, 65? No, <laughs> they hated it much more. It's 42% on the Damn. audience score. Woo, spilt popcorn. Oh, my goodness. So, Damn. wow, Jeremy with the clean sweep on this. Oh, man, I got some work to do. Jeremy is on fire right now. He's actually won three Oof. movies in a row. He's now at 10. Uh, I am now at 6. And the guests are just basically lagging. They got one. Yeah, one. Huh? Oh, All right. Okay. I mean, these are like some big points games. So it's like they could still come back in the future. Yes, they can. You can. I mean, they, all it. T- I mean, t- last year, remember at the end of the, I had a, like, such a big lead, and then you just came back like uh, just by winning a few weeks in a row. And I mean, it's never over until it's, it's like really over. Yeah, until you're mathematically yeah <laughs> eliminated. <laughs> so yeah, Jeremy's got a big lead. Um, I guess going into next week, but we'll talk about next week in a bit. And so. The one award that we're going to give out for this episode is the I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate both Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible 2, a rating between 1 and 3000. Jeremy, how would you rate Mission Impossible? I'm rating it a 2400 out of 3000, just giving it a solid 80. Uh, I think that's what I gave, like Black Widow or something like that. Mm. I still, I like both of them, so it's like, okay, I'm just trying to like... Making sure my standard is still like okay, so eighty percent. 
I feel like I haven't uh, done comparative reviewing in a while. I, I'm just now just kind of reviewing on a whim. So <laughs> I guess that's my yeah. new I'm, I'm, I'm review. Um, reviewing these and giving out these awards just more on feel for the season. <laughs> so yeah. uh, don't don't try to come at me with my ratings. It's just how I feel, I guess, for season five. I'm giving this a 2241 which is a really good score for me. 74.7%. Um, I really actually uh, didn't realize how good Mission Impossible was. The first one. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little dated with yeah. the Usenet Some, groups. <laughs> job. Right. <laughs> job. That and uh, those uh, those cassette tapes and that little last screen in, <laughs> in, oh, first, crap, cl- in first class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you can smoke on airplanes. Yeah, holy crap! Mission Impossible Two. How? Uh, what would you give uh, a rating between one and three thousand? Uh, I gave it a sixteen. I feel like this is too high, man. Sixteen fifty <laughs> out of three thousand, so fifty-five percent. My rationale was, um, I didn't like the first half of the movie at all. I guess once it hit the title screen, mm-hmm. and then I had like its redeemable moments in the second half. I guess I liked it better than you did because <laughs> borderline fresh for me, seventeen ninety seven, just below the 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 Mendo that line was a sixty percent right. I'm at fifty nine point nine percent. Dang, that makes sense though. I remember you saying this is kind of a guilty pleasure. It is, and it's because of Tom Cruise's hair. Oh, so good, that's true. It's so good. I don't blame you, man. <laughs> Halloween, this is, you need to be Tom Cruise for Halloween. Put on a wig and some. No. leather jacket I, you know what I, I, i'll be tom cruise from mission impossible 2 next year i'm just gonna grow my hair out between now and then yeah and practice your running <laughs> and then you know what you just gotta film me in slow motion <laughs> yeah got this. we got this. go find some doves <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot all right jeremy let's go ahead and preview next week shall we so what are we going to actually cover for next week Next week, it's 1978, and a killer is on the loose on Halloween night. We're watching Michael Myers in Halloween 1978. The only Halloween movie I've ever seen, actually, though, is, I think, was the 2018? I think I've seen the same one. (laughs) And so I haven't seen, I haven't seen this one. It's apparently a, you know, a horror classic. Yes. And, but I was like, it's kind of old you know what yeah. i mean i mean then again i don't know hey we like, covered uh what was the the one we did in season one again psycho psycho that was 1960 60 yeah. yeah and and i think we were both surprised at how well it held up yeah so i hope this one's pretty good never seen it before i hope it's better than what i've heard of the recent halloween movies yeah. i heard the the halloween ends I heard was horrible. That's why we're not covering that one. And it just so happens that Jeremy and I have not watched the original. Yes, I'm guilty of not watching because, you know, horror is not really my genre as well as Mm -hmm. Jeremy. So it'll be interesting uh, for both of us to be able to watch Halloween for the first time, 1978. And you know what? This episode will premiere on when? Christmas? (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) Nice. Yes, it will debut on Halloween uh, 2022. And uh, where's it streaming, Jeremy? 
Halloween is streaming on AMC Plus. Yes. Still not sponsored and probably not. We probably won't be. No, no, I don't think we will. <laughs> so, Jeremy, Jeremy, before we uh, close this episode out, dude, this was a fun episode. Do you have anything mm-hmm. to plug uh, for the upcoming week? Uh, well, if you want to follow me on Instagram or I guess Instagram at JP underscore flicks, go contact me there. Yes. That's it, I guess. Yeah. And again, just to remind everyone, it's short film, the end of yesterday. Still out on, mm-hmm. on YouTube, still doing well. Still we in. are going to keep that link there for the entire season. <laughs> so yeah. um, direct link will be there. Uh, so click on it. Uh, for me, um, just on what? Instagram mainly, TikTok as well. And obviously our, our weekly reel um, uh, handles, weekly reel pod on TikTok. Rick, uh, sorry, weekly reel on Instagram. <laughs> I almost said Rickly Will. (laughs) The R's, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, my goodness. Weekly Real. I remember we were having trouble saying Weekly Real when we first started this podcast. But, yes, you can follow me at FreeKenA on my personal accounts on Instagram and uh, TikTok. And so, Jeremy, before we close out this episode, well, first of all, before we get to final thoughts, uh, I mean, we've kind of got the, we kind of got spoiled with the I Love You 3000. How would, we're going to... Just have this segment of each episode of this franchise rewatch as a way to rank Mission Impossible as we go along the movies. I mean, it's probably stupid to say, but, you know, just so that we can get it on record, how would you rank the first two films so far? First two, I I like the first one more than the second one. So, (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hot take, I did two. (laughs) So um, I'm going to go with the first one, then the second one in that order. So, uh did we forget anything? Do, is there any final thoughts? Uh, dude, okay. The the villains, I think. The Mission Impossible franchise is only as good as its villains, I feel like. Like, the first one, you got John Voight, and then it kind of stutters a lot with, um, I forgot his name. Sean Ambrose. Sean Ambrose. <laughs> Dean know. Ambrose? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> WWE. Uh, and then, like, the next movie we have is we're going to get Philip Seymour Hoffman. So... Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we're in for a treat in the next... And it, recording this episode makes me realize, like, I really love this franchise. So it's like, it's fun to talk about. There's, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's cookie cutter because that usually has a negative connotation, but there's some really good cookie, uh, cookie cutter stuff in that there's like different aspects that make Mission Impossible differentiate from what they are. And what we'll try to do is make these episodes... Not cookie cutter in that regard, but we'll definitely try to accentuate some of these <laughs> aspects, uh, it, you know, in future episodes of the Mission Impossible franchise. Uh, for me, uh, the one thing that I want to kind of bring up to thing, I'm a huge Lost fan. I completely forgot. I mean, we know of Ethan Hunt. There was a character, Ethan, in Lost, and he plays that bleach blonde guy with the beard uh, in oh, Mission Impossible um- 2. <laughs> Yeah, um, isn't that Tom Cruise's like cousin? Maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, they're like uh, they share the same real last name, I think. Ah, uh, Tom I, Cruise's real last name, or like Mothra or whatever is. Yeah, Mothra is Mothra something. Tom Cruise's real last name. I think they're cousins. Is he gonna fight Godzilla? Yeah, and there was another henchman in Mission Impossible too, Dominic Purcell. 
who is a star of Prison Break. Mm. He was another henchman in that same car oh, when they get hit by the truck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when uh, Tom Cruise was, uh, I guess, breaking so that they couldn't see. Yeah, and then they both get ran over. So our, our cameos, you know, yeah. they just died in the same same scene, oh. same car. Oh, well. <laughs> well, Jeremy, again, we, we talked about, dude, this is such a fun episode. Definitely looking forward to the next one. Um, later on this season, we'll definitely announce when, um, I guess, part two of this Mission Impossible franchise rewatch series happens. Um, next week, stay tuned uh, on Halloween Day. We're going to be talking about Halloween 1978. Definitely watch it, stream it on AMC Plus uh, so that you can, I guess, get refreshed from the movie. Um, and you know what? If you're watching it for the first time, don't feel bad because it's going to be Jeremy and I's first time. So definitely don't feel bad. Definitely watch it. Um, we're looking forward to it as well. And, you know, we try to do a Halloween movie every year. And so we've done it so far for, what, two, 20, 2020 and 2021. We're going to keep that tradition alive in 2022. And so, I mean, on behalf of Jeremy, all I want to say is hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. And we'll see you next week. I mean, well, because this message will self-destruct in five seconds. On the reel. <laughs>